I'm Vince Roca. Did he say Venti Mocha? And I'm Michael Hutchinson. Nothing we can do for you, bro. Uh, there's nothing we can do. There's nothing. It's broken. Do. What's going on, man? Uh, not much. I, I, you came back from a film festival. I did. I'm not going to say the name of the festival, just because all festivals suck, and uh, why single this one out in particular. In my experience, this is mostly the experience that happens at film festivals. They do absolutely no good for the filmmakers, and all they do is make money for the festivals, even when they are attached to a school. Take a look at uh, uh, something like Sundance which gets like 4,000 submissions a year times 50 bucks and then shows 20 features. And of those 20 features, maybe like four or five of them were not programmed or put in through the studio system. You'll find that, you know, 10 to 15 features at Sundance are starring Keanu Reeves or Dakota Fanning or some shit like that and did not just end up in Sundance because they paid 50 bucks and submitted. They knew somebody. I don't care who the fuck you talk to, who says at Sundance, oh, no, 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 it's bullshit. It's a bunch of fucking horseshit. Uh, the movies they get in are movies that have star power. A few movies make their way in via word of mouth. Even Clerks back in the day was, and Kevin has told this story a thousand times that he showed at the IFFM. He paid to show at the independent feature film market in New York at the Angelica Theater. All The only people who were in the theater were the people he brought except for one guy. Turns out that that guy was Bob Hawk, who was a scout for Sundance. And it's Bob Hawk who got the movie into Sundance. Even there, even that way, uh, the only way that you get into Sundance is because you know somebody, you showed somewhere else and got some buzz, and then you end up there. But on top of that, just because you get into Sundance doesn't fucking mean anything anymore. I probably should have looked this up beforehand, but if you go back like three or five years and look at the films that they programmed, see how many of those that were not in the studio system that actually got distribution. So I went to a film festival. I'm not going to say the name of the film festival because anybody who's listening should just take this that all film festivals fucking suck. And it doesn't so it matter. wasn't Sundance is what you're saying? It was not Sundance because if I had a film that got into Sundance, even if I didn't get distribution, I would be ecstatic. I mean, the one thing, I think film festivals suck, but as a filmmaker, you should pay the $50 gamble. And that's the shitty part there is because you feed the machine. 4,000 films get submitted. They keep making the 50 bucks. They're going to keep performing their job in a shitty fucking way and doing nothing for film. I always wonder who watches them because, you know, maybe it's a guy loves drama and you, you give him a sci-fi comedy. Well, he's not going to like it no matter what. Well, they say that your film gets watched by like a minimum of three different people before it's determined for selection. I don't know if that's true. I mean, if your film sucks in the first 10 minutes, they're not going to watch the entire thing. And rightfully so. I mean, if it sucks in the first 10 minutes, they're probably not going to get better in the next 60. So I don't even blame them that much. But it is ridiculous that they are charging filmmakers $50 to watch essentially 10 minutes of a movie and decide whether or not you should get in. All that being said, you make a film, you spend a bunch of money on it, you got to take the gamble and spend the 50 bucks, 50 bucks absolutely. to see if you get into Sundance. Because if you do, you're riding high. So here's what happened. Back in 2006, I think it was 2006, when we were finishing up Kisses and Caroms, this uh, guy, Tom Thompson from Florida, posted on our bulletin board back then that our journals were really inspiring to him and that he, he enjoyed reading them and it was helping him get off his ass and, and make his own feature film. A few months later, I had made a cut of the trailer that I had posted. And Tom essentially told me that the trailer sucked. And he was willing to give it a crack at re at editing it. And this dude had made commercials. 
So I was like, what the fuck? Let's see what happens. I sent him the movie on a hard drive and he did a cut of the, he actually did several cuts of the trailer. He was bringing people in and doing uh, focus groups, figuring out what people thought was funny, what people liked, what people hated about Kisses and Caroms. And then he secured two songs that we ended up using in the movie. Uh, Psycho Sister from Saturn Five and um, Leaving Yesterday by Noble Jones. Now, ultimately, he didn't cut the final trailer. I did. But stuff that he created ended up in that final trailer, including the Leaving Yesterday song by Noble Jones. Without Tom's help, Kisses and Caroms may never have gotten distribution. It may never have made it that extra step. I mean, it's a bizarre thing, but when you're making a film, no matter how hard everybody works, all it takes is one person's little effort to change everything. It's that moment in a social network when Sean from Napster tells what's his fuck to drop the from Facebook. Don't call it the Facebook, just call it Facebook. That contribution right there could have been what changed the entire course of history with Facebook. You have, you have no clue. You never know. Tom's contributions to Kisses and Caroms were very welcomed and uh, useful and good, and he made an impact and made a difference. So you fast forward a few years. It's at the point now that we're getting distribution on Kisses and Caroms. And Tom's like, well, you know, I mean, if that idiot can do it, I can do it. So he decides to make a sci-fi comedy called Waste of Space, uh, which I produced with him or helped him along the way to produce, which mostly was I was his uh, shoulder to cry on, place to call to ask, like, how things worked, what you did, you know, that sort of shit on set. I was his Hollywood inside guy, <laughs> as funny as that is. But hey, he was the only, I was the only person he knew that got in distribution on an indie feature. So I, was, I knew everything as far as he was concerned, I guess, or to an extent. So Tom made this movie, Waste of Space. He had sent me the script way back then. I had told him that it was terrible. He wanted to move forward on making it. And I, so I encouraged him as much as I could. I mean, the conversation, it's weird. A lot of people hear the negative come out of me. They would be like, so what did you think of the script? Well, you know, I mean, it has some problems. And then they're like, well, you know, we really think that we can make it. Da, 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 da. And as soon as I realize it, there's nothing I can say that's going to change your mind. I jump on your bandwagon. I'm like, hey, man, yeah, right it's, on. It's Let's best thing ever. go ahead and make it. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, whatever works for you. And it's not so much that I'm trying to be part of the bandwagon. It's just like, hey, you've, you clearly have made up your mind. And no matter how much I tell you it's not going to work or how terrible it's going to be, you're going to move forward for, with this. So with or without me, you're going to do it. So I might as well support you along the way. So anyway, the script sucked, but whatever. I supported him along the way because, you know, he wanted to make the movie. During production, I actually flew out to Florida and visited the set, saw what they were doing. It was kind of neat. It was way too ambitious. I mean, there the sci-fi spaceships and all of that on a tiny little budget. You fast forward several years, and through the years, he filmed extra scenes, got the crew back together, tried to patch the film together. He created this uh, these wraparounds where... Guys were in a bar and they were talking about flashing back to the mission to make the story work. So he got Waste of Space to work, but it's still, it's in this weird position that the movie is, it's not gritty enough, R-rated enough, or it's, it's like this family made for TV movie. It feels like a series. So nobody is going to buy it. No television network or is going to play it because it's not a feature. It's not like a real motion picture like, and no one's going to distribute it. It's just in this weird zone. Like how do you market this thing? 
it's it's sort of a family movie, but then it's not family enough. So sci-fi can't buy it or wouldn't buy it, no, even way. if you broke it down. No, because sci-fi plays things that are like really extreme. You know, Tiffany fighting Debbie Gibson and Sharkopolis fights Godzilla, whatever the fuck it is. They're not going to get like this cutesy little sci-fi comedy about a cosmic cruiser trying to save a planet. So Tom got this great idea. Is it of, like Spaceballs? No, that's the problem. It's not funny enough. It's not techy enough. It's just not enough of any particular thing that I, yeah. It's not a galaxy quest. Huh? It's okay. If you watched it, you could probably make it through it. <laughs> that doesn't sound very good. You well, I'm not hundred percent. I made it the through first it. 10 minutes. Would you, would you put it down? I, don't, I didn't, up? but I don't know if that's because I was too connected to the material. That's why I said probably. So Tom got this bright idea that he would make a documentary on the making of Waste the Space, the making of the worst film ever. He went ahead and he made this little short, and I helped along the way with the short. Uh, there's interviews of me in the short. It's called Making Waste, about the making of Waste to Space. And his idea was, okay, let's submit Making Waste to film festivals, and that would raise awareness for Waste to Space, and maybe that would make some sales for Waste to Space. Or there could be like a double DVD pack, Making Waste and Waste to Space, and, and it would do something get something out of it, which, okay. I mean, that's a plan. That's yeah, a marketing technique. Why yeah. Not? I mean, there's nothing terribly wrong with it other than from my core forever. If anybody has ever read any of my books, I hate film festivals submitting, making waste to film festivals. I mean, I'd never believe that we would get a huge amount of sales out of it. And it's a short, it's a short, it's 21 minutes or 20 minutes, somewhere right in there. One of the festivals that he submitted it to, the guy liked the short, liked Making Waste, and contacted them and said, is the feature done? And it was. Waste of Space was done at that point. So they decided that they wanted to program Making Waste at 10 o'clock. We would do a Q&A between 10.30 and midnight, so an hour and a half. And then at midnight, they would run Waste Space. So it was outside of the festival dates outside of the screening it was a midnight showing and it was just sort of a bonus thing so it wasn't part of the festival only making waste was part of the festival. so you had to get a separate ticket for that then no it would just all run in you know run on together but it would be like this midnight showing which waste of space sort of could be a midnight movie in the vein of rocky horror the room something kind of dumb and silly that you see at midnight the guy, so Tom called me and, you know, he's like, hey, they want a Q&A with, uh, &A with us. So this festival is in Utah, and coincidentally, that's where Sundance is. And do I want to go? And I didn't really want to go. But I was told that the festival director asked for me specifically. He asked, it's, can you get Vincent Roca to come? Hmm. Right. So You're that popular. Exactly. He read, he's read your books. So um, then that's sort of what I'm thinking. All right. This particular festival was attached to a film school and I'm figuring, okay, uh, maybe it's because they read the books or that you saw that, you know, kisses and caroms look me up on IMDB, whatever, and want someone there that can talk to the film students and have some experience. So Tom was really gung ho. He wanted to go. He Wanted to try and get as many people together to go, as much of the cast and crew. This was a big event. And what the documentary covers and throughout the making of uh, Waste of Space, Tom, uh, let's see, he destroyed his career, went 50 grand in a debt, got fucked over by a partner. His mother died. Both of his dogs died. His house got struck by lightning, went into foreclosure, and he had heart problems and ended up in the hospital. So a lot of shit happened to him. 
So this event was like the end of this journey and for him to wrap it up and move on and go on to the next. So I was like, all right, fine, I'll go. We had all discussed how we would get there. If we would fly in, you know, what route we would take, fly straight into the town, or if we would meet in Vegas and drive up. Flying straight into the town with the layover into Salt Lake City was going to take seven hours. But for me to fly into Vegas is like an hour. And then uh, we were going to meet up in Vegas and then drive up together. So, okay, fine. So Tom tells me this. And I said, so should I rent a car? And he says, no, 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 no. One of the guys who's going, Dick, we'll call him Dick, has this amazing deal with budget. And he can get like this incredible upgrade uh, for like nothing. So we can get like an Econoline van or an Escalade or something huge and, you know, everything would be great. And plus, Dick likes to drive. He, he's afraid. He doesn't like it when other people drive because people drive crazy or whatnot. So okay. I like, exactly. <laughs> so I was like, all right, whatever. I, I won't rent a car. So I fly in. I land. I call them. They come and pick me up. And they pull up in a Hyundai Elantra. Nice. Yeah. That's a big uh, kind of line van. Now, there is uh, Tom, Dick, me, and another two people. Uh, we'll call them, um, let's see, we need, we need a guy and a girl's name. <laughs> hmm. So you'd have Bob. Why not? All right, Bob and... And Sally. Bob and Sally. Fine. So in the car, that's the five of us. Now, Tom and Dick, Dick's big guy, but he's the one who rented the car, so he's driving... Tom is he needs to lose some weight, but even if he did, he's a very broad-shouldered guy, like a fucking linebacker. So Tom's sitting in the front. I mean, he's a much wider guy than me. So the three of us are in the back. I am in the on the passenger side, sitting on my left ass cheek. Bob is in the middle, and Sally is on the other end. Now you would wonder, well, why isn't the girl between us? Well, because she was hungover and needed to lean against the door to sleep. So that's why she's over. <laughs> Had that extra night in Vegas, did she? Yeah, yeah. So, Where's your luggage? Okay, so I brought two bags, two carry-on size bags, one with my clothes on it. The other one was filled with DVDs because we had decided prior to going that we were going to try and sell DVDs there. And I told Tom I would bring copies of Kisses and Caroms that we would give away. Each DVD that he sold, I would give away a copy of Kisses and Caroms just to try and help his sales. So that was a whole other bag that I had. So the first thing when I see the car is I have to play fucking luggage Tetris trying to figure out how to get everything to fit in the back. And they're like, oh, we'll just, oh, well, this won't fit. We'll just take this up front. I'm like, bullshit. I've already seen how small this car is. A Hyundai Elantra. It's got five seatbelts. It has no business having five seatbelts. I mean, two parents and three tiny kids, sure, but otherwise. So what happened to the upgrade? So <laughs> I get everything in the trunk. I get in. And immediately, I, and I've never met Dick or Bob before in my life. I've, never, I've only met Tom. And Sally? I haven't met her. Sorry. Sally is Bob's girlfriend. I get in the car. And immediately I'm like, where's the big truck? Where's the big car? What's going on? And I'm expecting the right answer to this is, oh, they were out. We just, I mean, we had to make do with what it was. No, the answer was that it was twice as much to get the bigger car. So they went with this one. This was from Dick. It's twice as much to get the bigger car. So, you know, we're on a budget. It was going to be $40 a day instead of $20 a day. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like we had done a Kickstarter campaign to get money to take this thing out on festivals. And there's like $800 sitting in an account. And the money for the rental car would have come out of that $800. So five days times 20 bucks is another $100. Now I realize that 
Tom is broke and the movie is broke and you know, you need every penny you can, but there are three people in the back seat suffering at essentially $33 a piece for five days. And it's really fucking easy to make this decision from the driver's seat that we have to save money. <laughs> you know, I you mean, got your own seat. Exactly. Yeah. Motherfucker. If you feel that strong about it, get your ass back here and I'll drive the fucking car. But I've never met these people before. So I don't know. I'm just, I'm going to go with the flow. I'm just like, it is what it is. Let's, let's, let's see just where see. it goes. Exactly. <laughs> Up and, to a good start so far. Right. But I haven't, I mean, I haven't bitched other than in the poking fun way of like, it's fucked up, you know, that we're stuck back here. Can't wait to hear when you're sleeping on the floor. Now I can't wear my seatbelt. None of us in the back can wear our seatbelts. That's how fucking cramped it is. So we're driving along and it's moments in that I'm like, what the fuck is he doing? This guy can't drive. Like he's, he's stopping and jumping three lanes over to the right. Like what the fuck is going on? Then a little while later, the remark is it's not like this in Florida. I'm like, what's that like? They don't have lines and fucking blacktop in Florida. What the fuck are you talking about? I've driven in other countries. I haven't had problems like this. I'm like, this guy is a shitty fucking driver. We get to a point where he has to make a left-hand turn with a double left. And he announces, he's like, I'm afraid of these double lefts. I, I never know if I'm going to hit the car or the car is going to hit me. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Feeling safe. You had to drive and you, you've got all these excuses. You're jumping from one to the other. I'm like, this guy's a fucking idiot. And you can't wear a seatbelt. And I can't, I'm not wearing a seatbelt, but uh, still I'm like, I don't know. Maybe they're fucking with me. I've never met these people before. So I'm not bitching. I'm not complaining or anything yet. He has a suction cup stuck to his windshield and his phone is right there, right underneath the rear view mirror. And at first I was like, that's interesting. Budget provided that. That's what I, it sort of looked like that, but I didn't say anything about that either. Not yet. It's playing music like Pandora. Mm-hmm. 30 seconds in every song without anybody prompting, he announces to the car who the artist is. So the <laughs> song will start and like exactly at the 30 second mark, gin blossoms continues driving. <laughs> and I'm like, Sounds like a great trip. What fucking Tourette's autistic thing do you have? You should have just GoPro'd this thing and made a movie out of it, a little short. Well, it's a buildup, okay? <laughs> it's a buildup of oddities that I'm still like, ah, okay, I don't know. So then we're looking for a place to eat. Uh, we're looking for food. And I said, uh, well, there's McDonald's. And he goes, that's not food. And I was like, what is it? <laughs> and he goes, that's the blue goop. I'm like, What's the blue goop? The blue goop is, you haven't read about that? The blue goop is what McDonald's uses to put their burgers together. And this is the moment where I was like, oh, it's not a joke. You're fucking crazy. (laughs) This is, you're a fucking lunatic. I've never heard of the blue goop. I've heard the pink slime. I have never heard of that. That is something that I've heard of, but never blue goop. I don't, what's the pink slime? Is that pink slime is like the, the aftermarket after the, press hamburgers together and stuff like that and the meat it's like the the runoff of all that then they put it together and make hamburgers and send it to the schools it's called pink slime so at this point i do take notice to a cell phone hanging from the window and i was like um <clears throat> you're not allowed to have a suction cup on the window in nevada or in california i'm pretty sure not in arizona either and uh, so you know you can get busted for that then he's fucking texting on his phone and then picks his phone up. I'm like you're not allowed to talk while on your phone either. And he puts his phone in his ear and he like <laughs> looks over at me and laughs. I'm like, this motherfucker is going to get us pulled over. 
I'm not wearing a seatbelt. Sure, he's going to get a ticket, but I get a ticket too for not wearing a seatbelt. It's just not him. So not only is my life on the line, not only is am I not in a fucking seatbelt and this guy's a fucking idiot, but he's doing things that are going to cause even further harm in, in me to get a, a ticket. But the festival is tonight. I'm already, we're like a couple hours into the journey at this point. We're almost there. So I'm just like, I, I, whatever. I don't want to fuck it up for Tom. I don't want to fight with this guy. And what am I going to do? I, I get out of the fucking car in the middle of nowhere. We're in the middle of the desert. And how weird would that be for the Q&A that you later? Exactly. <laughs> we got the Q&A coming up. So all of this stuff. So I'm just, I'm, I'm leaving it alone. We get to the resort. Now, the festival did not fly us in, but the festival got us hotel rooms. Problem is, is the resort is six miles out of town. And in the middle of nowhere, it's like a, an adventure dude ranch. Like they have continental breakfast, but it's like twigs and berries. Most of the people who are there are women or old people. And the women are either mothers and daughters or lesbians. It's like a spa retreat. And it's a fairly nice place, but it's six miles out of town. You can't walk to a liquor store. You can't walk to Starbucks. You can't walk anywhere. You're, you're fucked. You're six miles out of town. So we drive for fucking ever to find this place. And I'm just, I'm looking around and I'm like, oh my God, there's, I, I'm going to be stuck here. I can't get away. Like I'm, it's either this car or I'm like, I can't even fucking walk. It's not even like we're down the street from the film festival. We are fucking isolated. There's no escape. They've given us three rooms. One is obviously going to go to the couple to Bob and Sally. And the other two, we're supposedly going to flip for it. Who's going to room together and who's going to get the room on their own. So in the car, I'm like, well, I think the person who got fucked in the back seat should get his own room. I mean, that only makes sense. Is that what you said? Yeah, I said Because <laughs> now I'm a little, we're on in the trip. We're almost there. And I'm a little more perturbed at this point. And Dick is like, are you actually trying to campaign to get the room? And I was like, yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> we get in there to sign up to get our room or whatever. And I'm like... By the way, I fucking snore and I snore really loud. And I'm just trying to discourage anybody from wanting to get a room with me. Bad gas. I got you name it. I got it. So Tom says, okay, we need to flip for who's going to get the room. And I'm like, motherfucker, I can't, I can't end up with Dick. I can't end up with this Dick. I just can't, I can't end up with Dick. Bob flips a coin. Tom calls it and Tom loses. Fantastic. Okay. I'm either going to bunk with Tom now or I get my own room. Either way is fine. I'm not with fucking Dick. That's fine. I ended up losing the coin toss. Dick got his own room to which I expected at this point, Dick to be like, I mean, any self respective human being would be, you know what, Vince, you got stuck back there. Why don't you go ahead and take the room? But no, 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 no. That's not what Dick does. So we get into the room. It's, I don't know. It's like four o'clock the night before I didn't sleep well. I had to pack and everything and get up for my flight and all that shit. I slept maybe six hours and I had determined, okay, waste of space is going to play at midnight. It's an hour and a half long. It takes us to one We'll probably Q and a again after that, or do something afterwards. We're going to be up till three, four o'clock in the morning. So I told Tom, I need to power now. We lied down for a little bit and I passed out for maybe 20 minutes or so, which was enough. That was fine. Got up. We started getting ready. Dick had grabbed the car and was waiting out in front of our hotel room. So, you know, I was refreshened up. I mean, I hadn't showered, but, you know, I changed clothes and I had slept for 20 minutes. So I was like, all right, let's, you know, let's start again. Dick's in the car driving. He's got his music on. Tom's going to smoke a cigarette. I approached the driver's seat to chat with them. I think Green Day was playing and I started talking about their new album. Just as I approached the window, he reaches down to the center console and picks up a drink, bourbon on ice, and drinks it. 
And I looked at him and I was like, are you drinking? And he's like, hell yeah. And I'm like, uh, and that's your driver. <laughs> and I'm like, how many have you had? That was my second one. And now I don't know what the fuck to do. The audacity of this motherfucking prick. He insists that he has to be the driver. He's got five of us crammed into a fucking car and he is drinking. And I don't, at this point, I don't even care if like he is a raging fucking alcoholic and it takes two drinks to get him, you know, straight that he's still fine. The idea that our lives are on in your hands, that you had to have him in your hands and you're this fucking disrespectful that you're drinking with all of us in the car. That does seem odd. It is such a fucking dick move. It is the most, I, I just couldn't believe this is at this point, And you know, I, I'm not a violent guy. I'm ready to cock back my fist and just fucking start beating the shit out of this guy. Cause here I am giving him the second chance and you couldn't have done anything. I mean, it might as well have had a fucking puppy in his lap, beating the shit out of it. What a fucking idiot. And I really don't know what to do now because we're on our way to the festival and we're supposed to do our Q and a we're supposed, Oh, I didn't mention this earlier. The theater seats 450 people. I was told by Tom, this was the other thing that got me to go. They specifically requested me and they were going to fill the audience, that it would be packed. That they there guaranteed was, it. Huh? There was nothing to do in this town that the students would come. They would, we would have an audience of 415 people, 415. So we're going to have 415 people in the audience. Going to Q&A tonight, what am I going to fucking do with this guy? I'm going to argue with him now. I'm going to call a cab. It's going to be a dick move on my part. That's going to come out on stage. Well, the other guy's okay with it? Because I would have been, hey, you're, dude, you've been drinking. I'm with Vince on this one. Someone I, else needs to drive. I don't know. Bob and Sally are in an argument. They haven't come outside yet. We're waiting on them. So are they okay with it? I don't know. They haven't come out yet. Tom is smoking a cigarette by the back of the car. This resort had these like hammocks throughout and right across from where the car was parked was a hammock. And I went over and I lied down on the hammock where I could see the car as Tom smoked and we waited for Bob and Sally. And I lied there trying to figure out what the fuck my move was going to be, how, how I was going to handle this. During this time, Dick got out of the car to walk back to his hotel room, which was like a good half a block down. He left the car there. So I watched him walk there and I watched him walk back. With and a drink he, in hand? No, he had finished the drink at this point. And well, yeah, that could have been the thing. He went to go refill. Exactly. He actually didn't. He didn't come back with a refill. And then and that probably would have been it. I mean, now he was on to number three. I fucking, I got to do something. But I watched him walk away and watched him walk back. And he didn't stumble. He didn't sway. There was no, he walked perfectly straight there and back up and down a hill. So I was like, okay, he's not fucked up. You know, I, I, I'm going to go ahead and I'm, we're six miles away. We're in the middle of the fucking desert. Even though we are in the middle of the desert, it's not like we're doing 70, 80 miles an hour on the roads because you like go three blocks down this one, make a right, go three blocks down. There's houses and shit around us. We're just not near any businesses. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to I'll take the car there. And then if we end up going out or something afterwards, then I'll take a cab home. That's the point where fuck it. I no longer need to maintain a relationship with this guy because Q&A is over. So that's what I did. We drove down. We got to the festival. Once we're at the festival, I asked the guy who was running our particular screening how things were going to proceed. And we were supposed to judge a uh, six 60-second shorts. So six minutes of shorts, we were going to judge and give an award to one of them collectively among us. Printed in the program guide and also on the website, our screening was supposed to start at 930 
that got changed to 10, but only really verbally. So I overheard that at 930 people had showed up for our screening, but they had went across the way into the other screening because our screening wasn't ready. So we lost some audience members there. No big deal though. I mean, 415 seats. All right. You lose a hundred. You still got 315. That's still a good number. So he explains to me that it's going to start at 10. They're going to play the gorilla shorts, one minute program. Then we're going to judge them. Then we're going to play making waste. We would give the award away for the shorts after making waste to get people to stay. And then we would Q and a after making waste. And then we would run waste to space at midnight. So, the shorts program is 34 minutes long. Six minutes, six minutes has been stretched into 34 with a bunch of title cards that come up with a bunch of information about making waste and Tom and shit like that. In that 34 minutes is a 10 minute intermission. So all the audience members can get up out of their seats, go into the lobby and vote, and then come back and get back into their seats to watch who's going to win in the next. But Why? the audience members don't matter. Well, this is when I find out they're also giving away an audience award. So our award isn't the only award. Now there's two awards. I don't know why. I don't know why the audience is getting up and leaving the room. I don't know why they're giving an award. I don't know why we're giving an award now. I mean, it should really just be one or the other, but whatever. So 10 o'clock becomes 1035 after this program is done. There's a brief introduction of making waste. Now we're, you know, 1040. Making waste is going to run for 20 minutes. So that's going to take us to 1110. That gives us 50 minutes to Q&A. Give away the award in Q&A. I brought video and audio recording equipment plugged into their mixer and all sorts of stuff because I was going to record this big Q&A for 415 people for the DVD. So I lugged all that shit along with my bags as well. So as I'm talking to the guy who's running our program, he says, hey, you guys should, you know, maybe try and get people as they're coming out of this, this last screening, talk to them and see if you can get them to stay for the next screening. I'm like, why? Why would we do that? We're supposed to have a packed house of 415 people. Why do we need to coerce the previous screening to stay? <laughs> but all right, whatever. It comes time for our screening. I walk in, I set up my audio equipment and everything, get everything set up. By the time it runs, we have 60 people. Six, zero. 415 mm. became 60 people. This is step one of how film festivals fuck filmmakers. I was told we were going to be there at a packed house of 415. 60 people are in our audience. At 9.30, which got moved to... I took two days off of work, flew out there, took time out of my life to attend their festival, this thing has cost me, myself, at least a 1000 bucks for 60 people, to talk to 60 people. Tom, Bob, Sally, Dick, they've all spent money as well for an audience of 60 fucking people. Fucking stupid. So the festival director gets up there and calls us down, so we stand in the front of the stage. They do a brief introduction of us, and the introduction goes... This is Tom Thompson. You're going to learn about him in the documentary Making Waste. That's fine. The next one over is Bob. I forget what he says about Bob. But the next one is Dick and then me. And he says, Dick has made three feature films. And then Vincent Rock, Rocco, Rocchio, Rock, 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 Rock. <laughs> and doesn't say anything that I've done. So before he introduced us, Someone had asked me how to pronounce my last name so it was pronounced correctly. 
Which is uh, pretty difficult. Yeah, very fucking difficult. It's either Raka or Roka. It's really, that's it. But he still fucked it up. And then I'm sitting here going, you introduced Dick as making three feature films. Didn't say anything about me. Fine. There are kids in the audience who've made 50 feature films, 20 feature films, 10 feature films. You need to say, this is Dick. He made three feature films, including the Civil War documentary that was shown at Sundance. To give the audience a reason to ask us questions. Yeah. If you do not give the audience our resume, they have no fucking idea what to ask us. And I don't know Dick and Bob, so I can't take the mic and promote them. I can't say, well, let me tell you a little bit more about Dick and a little bit more about Bob. Because I just met him this weekend. And I can't take the mic and say, let me tell you about me. Because I'm a narcissistic fucking asshole then. So... This is the second point about film festivals. I'm like, you just completely fucked up the entire Q&A. They have no reason to talk to us. They don't know who I am. You sound like, yeah, you sound like them. I don't know. I've made something. And- We're just some fucking idiots just like you. So what's the Q&A going to be? They do this brief introduction and then they hand the mic down and I don't know, Tom says something and Bob says something and Dick says something. And then Dick goes to hand me the mic and says, so what was your contribution to making waste? And I was like, apparently nothing. <laughs> and that was all I said, because I'm just pissed. I'm looking at an audience of 60 fucking people. I'm not going to sit here and talk about myself. I mean, this is fucked. It's just fucked. It's shit. When the audience got up to go out and vote, we lost about seven people. Of course. Yeah, when they not, came back in, back. we had about 53. We're now at, I don't know, 1045 or so, 1050, somewhere right in there. We run Making Waste. It goes to 1110. Making Waste is over. Now it's time for us to Q&A. We all go down there, and Tom announces the award that we decided on. And I was given the piece of paper to announce who the audience award was. After Tom announced that, he assumed someone else was going to come up to him. He didn't realize I was going to announce it. So he put the mic down and started to walk away, to which I was like, I thought we were going to Q&A. What the fuck is going on? So I took the mic and I was like, and the winner of the audience award, and that stopped Tom because he was like, oh, Vince is talking and kind of came back down. I said, the winner of the audience award is such and such. And then the festival director said, well, let's go ahead and run Waste of Space now. So now it's like 1120. And I'm like, I thought we were going to Q&A. So quickly I said to the audience, I was like, Afterwards, we'll have DVDs for sale. I guess we'll Q&A after the movie. And they come with an indie film that was made five days for 11 grand and got distributed by Warner Brothers. So you'll get a movie that got distribution, a movie that stands no chance of getting distribution, (laughs) and a documentary for 10 bucks. And that helps Tom out, as you saw from the doc. And I didn't say it was my movie, but I'm just trying to be like, make a sales pitch of some sort. So we now run Waste of Space which was supposed to run at midnight and we were supposed to Q and a, but it's 1120 that it's now starting. We lost I don't know, 25, 30 people. Yeah. It's getting late during, yeah. during waste. Of, it's not a good movie. And you didn't hear our stories to be like, well, we like those dudes. They were kind of funny. Let's see the shit that exactly. they it makes a difference. I suddenly have the buy-in, right? Oh, it, I want to see what he did. Why is this movie so bad? Why is he talk about it? That you know nothing about us. There's no reason for you to stay. Your friends didn't win the award or did win the award. It's time to fucking move on. So the film is over at, uh, let's see, it was like 1120. The movie is 90 minutes long. So, uh, what is that? 1240. That one is, yeah. 
It's like 12.40, I think. So the movie's over. We've got maybe 10, 15 people left in the theater. I'm like, okay, I guess now we're going to Q&A for these 10 or 15 people. That's what I spent thousands of dollars and came out here for. And the festival director gets up and says, okay, if anybody has any questions for Tom, he'll be out in the lobby. Uh, we have to be out of the building at one. So, uh, you know, if you guys want to get out there. And I was like, you have to fucking be kidding me. I took four fucking days out of my life to come out here, spent a fucking grand along with what these people spent, hassled my fucking life for your 60 people. Now you've got 15 and you're telling me we have to be at the building at one o'clock. I beat them in the parking lot. This is fucking festivals. And who is going to chase us out there? And now we're standing out there like a bunch of fucking, at least if they brought us on stage, they're captive. They look, the people in the audience look like dicks if they get up and walk out while we're up on stage. Mm -hmm. So they're trapped. They might ask us a thing or two. And they might learn something. But in the lobby, they're already, they've grabbed all their shit. They just walk right past us and make their way to their car. They don't look like dicks. So there's like fucking three people that linger around and chat with us. So nobody bought any DVDs? We sold two. Two to those three. And, but it's pathetic. And they ask us to sign, but it's fucking pathetic. I mean, we went through all this trouble. We have 25 DVDs on a table. You sell two. It, it's so fucking pathetic. I mean, we're just out there begging and looking like shit. It's so fucked up. So fucked up. So it's 1 o'clock. Dick, there's no place to drink. We're in Utah, so, you know, there's nothing really open. And we were on a college campus, so he hadn't drunk. Everybody's tired. We decided to just fucking go back to the room. So I drove in the car with him because I was like, all right, he hasn't drinking. That's fine. Went back to the room and I tried to make light of it as much as I could with Tom. I, I was, I didn't drag really down with Bob and Sally. I was like, it was shit the way they fucking introduced us. That's where they fucked it up. And we were supposed to Q and a beforehand. I mean, this was just this festival totally fucked us. They, I mean, they put us up in a nice place, but they put us up in the middle of fucking nowhere, told us 415 people, gave us 60 shitty fucking introductions. Then we had to be out at one o'clock. We couldn't even have started Waste to Space at midnight. And they fucking knew that because they had true. to be out at one. So they knew they were lying to me when they were giving me the schedule and telling me that it was going to be a midnight movie because Waste to Space would have finished at 1.30. And that was too fucking late because the janitors had to clean up. Just fucking lies and ridiculous. And then they kept telling us, you guys should come to the award show. Oh, yeah, you should come to the award show. I think you're going to be super happily surprised. You should definitely come to the award show. And I'm like, you're only fucking saying this so you could get us in the Make more seats. Like more people are, yeah. Get more people in your stupid fucking award show. We're not going to win anything. But no one saw the film, so why would they? I don't know what to say because Tom, you know, he's, I mean, he doesn't think we're going to win an award either, but I know he wants to. They give away like this bronze statue that's pretty cool. That's the following night. So we get back to the room. I'm trying to be as cheerful as I can to Tom to be just, you know, I'm saying shit. How was the car ride back? uh, It was quiet. (laughs) No one said anything. I don't remember anything that was said on the car ride back, really. We stopped at a mini mart and picked up, like I picked up chips and pepperoni stick and Starbucks drinks, the bottled ones. We all picked up some crap. But I don't remember much that we talked about with the festival. Hmm. I would have figured it was like a bitch fest going in and just well, how, how do you, you what are you going to say? I mean, it's just, it's just fucked. And I think nobody really wants to be the, the Debbie Downer. Even like I said, when we got back to the room, I told Tom, I was like, man, for someone on the planet, waste of space is going to be their favorite movie to which he's like, no fucking way. And I was like, Joanna man is someone's favorite movie. 
Like, Waste of Space could be someone's Somebody favorite movie. Somebody will love it, absolutely. And definitely, for someone on the planet, they're going to be like, if that idiot can do it, I can do it. So you're going to inspire someone to make a film. And, and that person could be Steven Spielberg. You have no idea. So I'm trying to be as positive as possible when inside I am just angry. I'm fucking livid. Went to bed. I woke up at about 8 o'clock in the morning, grabbed my laptop, and started searching for a rental car. Rental car one way from where we were to Las Vegas was 150 bucks. From where we were to Burbank was 200 bucks. <laughs> and I was very much contemplating just fuck my ticket. I can be home in six hours. This was, I was sitting there and I was just I was looking at the price. Tom's asleep. And I'm just like, oh my mm, God. Do I click man. that button? Do I click it? We can go to the award. I'll go to the award show with them. And then at fucking eight o'clock, I just hit the road and make my way to just, I'll drive straight through to Burbank, grab my car there and go home, fuck my plane flight home. But I felt bad. I'm like, this is a big weekend for Tom. And, you and know, they spent a lot of money. Yeah. They all spent money. So I'm like, you know, I'll, I'll stay here and make the best of it for Tom. So I booked the car just to Vegas, one way to Vegas, 150 bucks. And when Tom woke up, I told him, I was like, by the way, I rented a car because there's no fucking way I'm going to be in the back of that thing. with." <laughs> oh, I have to keep his name. The dude's obviously an alcoholic and a fucking dick, but I don't know. I mean, I, you know, out of respect for Tom and for some reason, Tom likes him. Tom said, Tom's like, because I bitched about uh, Dick a lot. And Tom was like, he's, you know, he's such a great guy sometimes, you know, he's like, I know he does things like this that are shitty, but then he'll do some wonderful things for you. You can call him and he's there when, you know, when you call. And I was like, Tom, that's like battered wife syndrome. <laughs> he beats the fucking shit out of me, but he brings me flowers. I'm like, I don't give a shit. I don't care if he's the nicest guy in the world three days out of the week when he's a fucking dick, he's a dick, you know, just don't do shit like that. So, and evidently this is the way that Dick has, uh, patched up his life is, you know, he does nice things for people to compensate for him being a fucking dick. So where the hell was I? Oh, I told, I rented a car, told Tom that I had rented it because there was no way I was getting back in the car with Dick, nor did I want any interaction. I didn't want fucking anything to do with Dick ever again for the rest of my life, which was partly why I was thinking of leaving. So Vince never wants Dick again. No, I don't ever want Dick again. So we're all, we're, we're in the morning, we're sitting there for breakfast. And I told Bob and Sally, I had rented a car, uh, Tom had known. Tom was kind of, he's like, dude, I feel so bad. And I'm like, that's okay. I don't care. I said, I'm never going to see him again. I don't care. Yeah. $150 to save my life is a small price to pay. I just don't care. Dick shows up for breakfast and Tom tells Dick that I had rented a car this because I didn't want to be scrunched in the drive back. And Dick's like, oh, okay. And uh, he says, where are you picking it up? Uh, over at the airport. And he says, oh, if you need, I'll give you a ride over there if you need be. I was like, no, 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 I'm sure they have a shuttle in the, this place is so fucking remote that they have to have a shuttle that will take me to the airport. I'll just go check with them. He's like, okay, well, if that doesn't work out, just let me know. I'm like, I'm fucking right. <laughs> I went up to the office. You guys got a shuttle? Uh, yeah, but we don't have one available now. Okay. Is there a taxi cab company you use? So they gave me the cab. I called for one. It cost me $60 to get to the airport. <laughs> It cost me $60 so I didn't have to fucking be in the car with uh, a dick again. So I got my car. was on my own. Everything from that point forward was fine. We went to their uh, award ceremony where Tom and I are outside. Tom's smoking a cigarette. I'm out there hanging out with him, you know, trying to fucking be the cheerleader. 
And this woman gets out of the car, her husband drops her off. She comes over. She's like, Oh my God, there's smokers. Yay. You know, there's so few of us. And she starts smoking a cigarette and she's like, so what do you think of the festival? And I'm like, it's shit. I don't know who she is. She's like, why? I'm like, fucking film festivals are dog shit. They're terrible. They don't do any good for filmmakers. And she's like, Oh, please. And I was like, what? You asked me a question. I gave you an answer. If you don't like it, that's not my fault. If I asked you if you liked the festival and you said you loved it, I wouldn't have looked at you and went, oh, please. I was like, nice way to judge me. <laughs> it's it, all about opinions. Yeah. And I mean, I'll, hey, you fucking asked. I'm going to give it to you. And I'm not in a good mood to begin with. And I'm like, fuck you with, you know, festivals are great. You're fucking out of your mind. So just then we get called before there's like any more back and forth between us. It's like they're starting. So we go in to, you know, see about getting our award. And uh, she ultimately ends up winning two awards. She's the only person that night to win two awards. So I can clearly see why she likes film festivals. <laughs> yeah. mm. she, she wins had a awards. Nice time slots. Uh, she had good time slots. Maybe they introduced her correctly. I don't know. Mm. She had everything going for her. Maybe she had 415 people in the audience. <laughs> Beats the fuck out of me. Uh, so we didn't win an award. Surprise. Dick was kind of an asshole during that. There were some comments made on stage and it was a theater, but in the back, Dick would say, I don't, I don't even know what exactly what he said, but he was like, I bet Obama doesn't act that way. And Tom's like, shh, like just fucking. And I'm like, what are you? And then I realized, Oh, he's a Fox news watcher, <laughs> but you know, he was loud at that point. I'm like, are you, you've been drinking again? So, Afterwards, we, we get invited to go to this Thai food restaurant and everybody's going. The university is paying for it. So obviously I'm going. Fucking free food, bucket. You know, you might as well get something out of it. Getting something out of this. Bob and Sally, they just want to go back to the room. So I tell Tom and Dick, go ahead and go to the Thai food restaurant. I'll take them back to the room. Then I'll meet up with you guys. Uh, before the awards, there was this woman, Bernie. One of the judges was the guy who was putting on our program. So you would think we would get his vote. Another judge was Bernie. We didn't know this before the awards, but we ended up befriending Bernie. We were bullshitting with her, this Irish chick, her, her woman. Her father was in the IRA, the Irish Republican Army. He was a bomb maker. You know, she's filled with interesting stories, and she's heavy, thick Irish accent, a lot of fun. She's a very magnetic person. So we had a good time. We're bullshitting with her, and all that's good. Afterwards, I arrive at the Thai food place late. I'm the last one there. So it's I walk in, and it's like Norm on Cheers. Everybody's like, hey, Vince, Vince is here. And immediately I pointed at Bernie, and I was like, you didn't vote for us. <laughs> and then I was looking at Adam like, you didn't vote for us either. We fucking lost. At some point, someone had asked me, and they're like, so did you like the festival? Or I'm like, no, we didn't win an award. <laughs> nope. Like, it sucked. Well, you won an award. We didn't. But uh, and everything and at that point everything went well. I accused a few people of uh, not voting for us, and that that sucked. And uh, had a good conversation, bullshitting with everybody around us. Anyway, that was my festival experience. That sounds great. So when's the next one? Uh, I'm never going to a <laughs> festival again. Do you like film festivals? I don't. Uh, you know, uh, the only one I've ever been to that I liked was actually well. I went to Sundance with GW. What year? Well, that, uh, that is the year that Sex, Lies, and Videotape won. That's I remember, 1993. I remember two. walking out of that, talking, you know, it was, it was GW and, and, and a couple other actors, and they're like, so we got to tell James Bader this piece of shit sucked. What ends up winning? That piece of shit that sucked. 
But it was, I, we, none of us walking out of the theater, I don't think anyone was like, oh, that was such a great film. Can't wait till that comes out. It's terrible, but I mean, it, it fucking made a career for Soderbergh. Uh, yes, it did. I didn't really do much for Spader, though. <laughs> it actually didn't. I mean, it took a while for Spader to kind of, and I mean, you wouldn't really call him a movie star now. He's got a hit TV show, and he's had a few hit TV shows that he's done well on. But yeah, he never made it in movies. No, he's never been huge. He's always you always know who he is, but he's never like yeah, crossed that line to major stardom. But I like him. I like yeah. his stuff. I don't remember. That was like 92 or 93. Film festivals were completely different then. They were. Okay. It was a lot harder to make a movie. Sundance got like 300 submissions back then. What are, uh, Actually, a documentary that is currently on Netflix called Side by Side about digital film narrated by Keanu Reeves. He interviews Jeffrey Gilmore, who was the who was the festival director of the Sundance Film Festival. And he says in that documentary that like back then, 92, 93, they would get like maybe 300 submissions. And then now because of digital, they just get, they get thousands, 4,000 submissions. I imagine so. So anyway, I'm Vince Roca. I'm Michael Etchinson. And uh, for more on the show, visit getconvinced.com.